This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Hello, welcome back to Kelly and Ramia. Ramia Amuthan and myself hosting it today. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, every month like to check in with our registered nurse, Leslie DePoe, and we're getting her in November now. So let's see what she's got planned. Leslie DePoe, registered nurse, and there's nothing I love more than helping folks learn about their own health so they can be a better advocate for themselves and those around them. Join me for your health check-in where we chat all things health and wellness and even a little bit of science from time to time. Leslie, of course we know what's in store when you join us in November. We love revisiting this topic and uh, all the different Parts of it when you join us around this time because Halloween's over, Christmas decorations are starting to appear everywhere, and with that, the mustaches because it's November. It it definitely is, and uh, a, truly a testament to a well-executed media campaign. Maybe we should do an entire segment on that uh, because <laughs> because they have done a very nice job with November, um, and it is a subject close to our hearts. We all know that the eleventh month of the year, uh, also known as Movember. So we're going to talk mustaches, we're going to talk mental health, and oh, so much more. So let's dive in. Yeah, let's do that. So for uh, we know that we mark our calendars as mustaches in November, in November. But for anybody doesn't know, tell us what the mustaches mean and why we should pay attention around this time. For sure. So the Movember movement was actually started by a couple of friends in Australia who were inspired by some fundraising that their families were doing for breast cancer. So um, wishing for more mustaches the world over, uh, they got about 30 friends involved and they hoped that the movement would raise attention. It was it was predominantly for prostate health and men's health as well. So 30 mustaches, zero dollars raised. Um, and now, now, however many years later, uh, 20 plus years later, we have over 20 countries that participate and they have raised unbelievable funds for local and international research and thousands of health products. So now, as it sort of morphed over the years and developed, the focus of Movember really is around three main areas, mental health and suicide prevention, prostate health, and testicular cancer. So kind of continuing this conversation on mental health, in your opinion, is men's mental health a totally different entity? Very fair question, and I'm going to give a, a great gray answer and say yes and no. Um, I, I mean, we, we definitely need to talk about it. So, so the no, the reason I would say no, it's not any different than anybody else's mental health is because mental health is mental health, and everybody has it. We're not talking about mental illness. We are talking about mental health. Um, very different things. So not a diagnosable condition, but an overall sense of well-being and our ability to thrive in life and in our, in our environments. And in that case, Absolutely. Men's mental health is no different than everybody else's because we've all got it. Um, you know, and so we, we need to, th that's one whole piece of it. Um, then, you know, I, I mean, I do think it's important to recognize that, you know, the universality of mental health, just to avoid contributing to that very real stigma out there. Um, there are, there are, however, a lot of gender norms that are embedded in how we process or think about, or we're expected to process to think about our emotions 
And a lot of those habits, um, although very familiar, are not necessarily helpful. So just to kind of give an idea that the rate of male suicide is disturbingly high. Um, mm. In Canada, three quarters of suicides are by men. Globally, it's approximately one male per minute dies from suicide every day. Those are very, very distressing facts, to say the least. So Movember is sort of looking at suicide and looking at mental health, but through a male lens, meaning looking at how gender intersects with mental health. Um, and as a result of that, they've got some really great initiatives, providing education, um, teaching men how to recognize signs of waning mental health, how to build stronger emotional connections, focusing on encouraging communication among boys and men, um, teaching them how to have these really hard conversations so that they're able to reach out for help when they need it. And, you know, a big focus of Movember, which is pivotal to, to any successful health initiative, is gearing up towards the, the intended audience. So making sure that your your subject and your information meets the needs of the people that it's intended to, to get to. So Movember does this by focusing and uh, focusing on and supporting services that work for men. So about recognizing things that make us um, more similar as opposed to more different and encouraging those bonds. And that could be anything from starting up groups, you know, where they're supporting single dads, uh, formerly incarcerated men, First Nations male, people by nature just want to belong, you know. So it's, it's um, Movember has been fantastic in helping to foster that sense of belonging. Um, and as a result of that, hopefully, hopefully opening up some of those those avenues of communication and dialogue. Mm -hmm. I remember just just reading on some, like some of the kind of social justice forums that I hang out on that there's no denying the patriarchy mm -hmm. greatly harms women. However, mm -hmm. there is some harm to men, especially those those that feeling that you have to repress your emotions, close yourself off mm -hmm. and not build some of those social networks that maybe women ha have built up that perhaps men haven't really learned how to do as effectively. And I'm also curious about just your opinion on the link between like mental health and preventing boys and men from getting extreme views on things you know hmm. i mean that's a, it's a really interesting conversation to and you're you're right i mean obviously the sort of patriarchal norms that we all live in have have got some detrimental effects obviously to women and those who identify as however you're right there's huge harm that can be done um to to those who identify on you know as male um on the other side of things and i think as you said a really a really big piece of that can be that, and I, I mean, I'm this kind of a blanket statement, but you know, I do think it's fair to say that in general, um, men aren't encouraged in the same way women are to form close knit bonds like that, to have mm -hmm. friendships where conversations are a bit more open, whether that's about where you're at emotionally, what your stressors are, how you're coping with those stressors. Um, I want to think that we're moving towards something that's a bit more progressive at this point, but I also don't want to deny the fact that that is historically not at all been the, the case. And we know that when we isolate ourselves from other people, when we consider somebody else other and we consider, you know, we're one thing and everybody else is the other thing, when we sort of develop a binary, and I'm not just speaking about a gender binary, I'm just talking about kind of keeping things really black and white, we run into a lot of trouble because the truth is a lot of life is gray. 
a lot of life is gray. And so if you if you have sort of a society that is set up in a way that doesn't encourage these relationships, these friendships, these conversations, these safe places to have these dialogues, then it's a pretty fair extension of that to say you're going to further encourage, as you say, I, I don't want to say polarizing, but sort of extreme positions because you're not, you're, there's no there's no place to float it. There's no place where you come back into your, you know, if I go back to hunter and gathering times where, you know, the women would sit around with the kids and they would cook and do their thing while the men went out and hunted and did their thing. There was, a, there's a bond and there's a, there's um, a community that happens with it, within that. And so I think a, a big piece of what Movember has been trying to do is create that community, create it locally within their own chapters, but also create it globally and start these conversations that yes, are about health, but are about mental health. And also saying, listen, we might've all been sort of told, don't say these things, don't speak up, don't find your own community. But in fact, that's the missing link to all of our well-being. So um, my hope is that, and I think their hope um, being, they being the, the folks that have created Movember, but that, that's a huge part of what they're aiming for in this as well, is to have these dialogues. Even the fact that we're talking about this right now in this manner is a huge testament to the success of what they've done. Exactly. And that it's yeah. a year over year, day over day, conversation over conversation progress, right? It's not mm-hmm. as many years and as much history as we do have um, not promote, promoting all of this and these kind of conversations. That's the amount of time we need to take and understanding and empathy we need to take when approaching it and saying like, this is still fragile, very fragile for yeah. so many of us. Absolutely. And, you know, in a funny way, I think the whole growing of a mustache thing is uh, is a bit of a beacon, you know, because it's a way of saying without saying I'm into it. You know, I'm I'm aware I'm talking about these things. I'm aware of my health. This is me saying I I know what this is all about. So, you know, I've a good friend of mine um, has been working with the Movember campaign for decades. Well, a decade and a half at this point, pretty long time. Um, and he said that at the very beginning, you know, at the that he'd walk into a place and it would be, you know, him and one other guy with a handlebar mustache. And sometimes the guy with the handlebar mustache had nothing to do with Movember. Sometimes it was just a guy <laughs> with a mustache. But you got to open up the conversation, conversation anyway. Yeah, yeah. they prompted a conversation yes. between two people to go, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Are you growing a mo? What are you talking about? I've been doing this since 1976. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm doing mine because of, and, and sometimes that starts <laughs> another dialogue. And I think that's a really cool thing about that's it precious. because it's, you know, it's very not, um, it's not antagonistic. You're not, you know, yelling out to the streets about it. You're not kind of putting yourself out there, but you are putting yourself out there. And it, there's, there's been some really great um, trickle down effect because of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to reach men and, and boys, I suppose. So something like this, that's very non-threatening to the mm-hmm. male ego, dare I say, yeah. is uh, perhaps what's needed. Exactly. And so we're talking about a a few different things, Leslie. Let's continue with prostate health. Not something Mm. we talk about every day, but we could probably bet on knowing at least one person affected by it, whatever that uh, may be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I remember when I was in nursing school, one of my professors said, if you are male and you live long enough, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to get some kind of a diagnosis. Now, could that change over time with preventative care and better knowledge and all the rest and and maybe, you know, further advancements in in health and and preventative care overall? I hope so for everybody. Um, Our testing is definitely getting very refined. And luckily when it's caught early, this is a very slow growing, very manageable cancer. But like any cancer, early detection is, is key. So, the you know it's the second most common cancer in men prostate cancer and the important part is 
A, that you know, I love because we talk about this all the time, but A, that you know your body, B, that you advocate for yourself, and C, that you take a proactive uh, a proactive stance when it comes to your health. So that means getting screened, okay? In Ontario, screening is done through a blood test that measures your PSA, which is a prostate-specific antigen. It's just a, a type of blood test we run. Sometimes you're going to be screened earlier depending on um, ancestry, family history. Um, you do get screened as of a certain age as a male. Um, automatically, that's part of your prev care in terms of what's covered, at least in Ontario. That being said, if you are experiencing anything off in that general area, when it comes to prostate health, there's some pretty specific ones. So going to the washroom frequently, especially overnight, that's a red flag. Okay, You're up and down more than two times in the night difficulty when you're urinating and that could be initiating maintaining ending um, feeling of urinary retention so in other words you, you go to the bathroom but you don't actually feel like your bladder is all the way empty or even incontinence anything like that does not matter what your age is you need to go and see your family doctor now it doesn't necessarily that is not me telling you oh you got up to pee last night two times well obviously you have prostate cancer far from it but what i'm saying is that that is a red flag if you are if you are male, and it should be a red flag across the board. Changes in your health that were not the way you once were are need to be noted, and that's where your own advocacy comes in. Your ability to have these conversations, flag it to a physician and say, eh, this is different, this is definitely off, I didn't used to feel like this, could be something else entirely, but let's make sure that we're not missing um, missing something big and important. That advocacy is so important, especially since things kind of get swept under the rug here these days, maybe with your physician or a lot of people don't even have physicians. Another topic that's a little also uncomfortable for <laughs> men to discuss, uh, but we're going to do so now, is testicular cancer. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you need to know your body. And you are, as I always say to, to patients, you know, you are the owner of this system that you have. You've known it way longer than any doctor, any nurse, any healthcare professional ever did. You know when something's off. So even if you go for an exam annually, um, you know, and your doctor says, well, geez, this is off. I can feel this little something here. If you're a person that's checking yourself regularly, then you can go, yeah, I know that's been there for 20 years. I always know that's there. It's been looked at. We've, it's been monitored. It's been whatever, as opposed to Oh, you found something. I don't know if it's new. How the heck would I know? You would know because you need to look and you need to check. So when it comes to men and owning all of their bits, um, you need to take control over all of this. So the best time, I'm going to get right into it. We're just going to cut to the business here. The best time to check, okay, because you do need to actually check your testicles. That is part of it is in a bath or warm shower. Okay, the heat will actually help things relax and distend, makes it a bit easier to feel if anything is abnormal. You're looking for lumps. You're looking for tenderness. Um, you know, it's it's very normal that one testicle is larger than the other, so that's not necessarily a concern by any means. But if you are finding a change in any way, you need to report that to your physician or your your most responsible um, healthcare provider in order that we can do some more tests and figure out what that change might mean. So, if you didn't know before, Leslie, now we know uh, that Movember is just more than about a mustache. <laughs> You got it. There's so much more to it. And and that's a great thing. And I so appreciate having these conversations. I know sometimes they're perhaps a little uncomfortable or not the thing you're used to talking to talking about on a Wednesday afternoon, but it's important that we get these conversations started. Um, you have no idea how much this can help people just listening to other people have these these chats. So do it in your private time, do it in your with your families, do it uh, do it if you're standing in the line and you see another handlebar mustache, you never know the impact you might have. 
Yeah. And you coming on here to talk about it, of course, is the impact you're making on uh, us and the audience and and having questions for you. Are there other ways that you see it in your profession as a registered nurse that the needle is moving forward from year to year with Movember or just in regular conversations with people? You know, I want to hope it's, you know, it's going to be hard to say, is this all just because of Movember? Is this because maybe we're all growing as people? Um, yeah. But I, I really do think that that I I have certainly noticed a trend towards people, um, men especially, being a bit more open about these conversations. I have a neighbor across the street who, you know, I obviously knows I'm a nurse. We're standing out there having a conversation about raking leaves. And wouldn't you know what it turns to him talking about his prostate and asking me what mm. I thought about something that he was reporting. Now, is that because of Movember? Is that just, I mean, I don't know, my husband's growing a mustache, maybe they started a conversation about it. I don't know. But I have definitely noticed that people are more willing to have these chats, whether it's about their health, um, their physical health or their mental health. I, I do feel like there is a bit of a change going on a bit more of an opening of doors. And I really hope that's a trend we're going to continue to see because truthfully, it, even when I just look at the long-term implications of both physical and mental health, there's no question about it. Having these dialogues makes an enormous impact. Yeah, absolutely. and you can tell absolutely if you're right. scrolling on TikTok, you can tell that people are just much more open to talking about, to sharing information, whether it be mm-hmm. personal or just informational. It's there's a lot more of it actually going on, and that is hugely helpful in normalizing. Leslie, thank you so much. Thanks. Leslie Debo is a registered nurse, and she joins us on the second Wednesday of the month, usually. Uh, as is a, again, we're flipping a lot of our monthly contributions this month. So uh, stay tuned for that conversation with her, because it's always informative this month, November. Coming up after the break, we're going to roll an interview that you guys did at the Balance Community Info Fair featuring Andra Strusky of Strusky Prosthetic eyes join us in a bit it's fun insightful and inclusive kelly and ramya return in a minute Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.